Hello and welcome everyone to the Key to Licensing One Simple Idea, simplifying licensing for inventors, product developers, and idea people. If you are here looking to learn about how to get your product to market through the route of licensing, you are in the right place. Stay tuned and make sure to join the others who are on their licensing journey. Hello and welcome everyone to another InventRight podcast. Today we have a special guest with us, which is a former student of ours, Craig Allen, who has recently licensed an outdoor recreational game. So welcome to the Key to Licensing podcast, Craig. Thank you so much for joining us today. And um, and thank you again for also joining me again and re-recording. Craig and I actually recorded the podcast <laughs> earlier and there was some technical issues. So now we're redoing it again, but um, it'll be even better than the first time. <laughs> so, great, great to be back. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. And I'll be able to hear exactly every single word that you're saying also instead of it cutting out. So <laughs> thank you for uh, th thank you for doing this again. Well, you're let's welcome. dive deep into your story. How did you find and learn about licensing and um, start your journey with it? Absolutely. So my journey probably started when I was a kid watching my dad. My dad was absolutely amazing. He would, he could just do anything. He would improve things right and left. I mean, from snow rakes on the roof to one time we had a car that wouldn't work, couldn't get it to start. Just, it had to start occasionally, but then it, most of the time it wouldn't. And I came home from school one day and he had a button he had rigged on the inside of the car. And he said, if it doesn't start, just push this and it'll work. And oh I just, yeah. Was your dad an, just a handyman fixer-upper type person, or was he yeah. like an engineer? Or? My dad was a World War II hero, and um, just like all of those people were heroes that, that uh, <clears throat> took part in that. He was an elementary school principal, but uh, his life was kind of cool. I mean, just maybe 20 seconds on him. He, he grew up in the Depression, had nothing. His house looked like a, a, a little barn. Uh, on the Snake River in Idaho. And, you know, he, he went on, I guess, because of necessity, they just learned to improvise, create, innovate, do all of these things. And he went on uh, when he was something like, I think it was 19 and his brother was 14 or maybe he was 20. The, the two boys without a Home Depot or anything built a house for their mother who had come from England because they, that was her dream to have her own home. And so they built that. They went on to build a gas station, a sixplex, lots Whoa. of different houses. I mean, just, and, and I said to him once, I said, dad, how did, how did you do that? You had nothing. How did you, how did you do all that? And he just humbly said, well, you know, it, it wasn't that big of a deal. He says you would just do one project and then leverage the next against that and leverage yeah. the next against that. And, and, and so that kind of gave me this idea of like, man, I mean, he had nothing compared to what we grew up with. And so through my life, I think it didn't really hit me. I mean, I've thought about innovations all the time. I love the concept, but I think, I think it hit me about, oh, 15 years ago or so. I, <clears throat> I kind of caught the bug and, and just felt like I was, uh, this was something I really wanted 
to do. And so how it all started was I was uh, trying to figure out how to do it. I didn't know how to do anything. And, and I was a sales rep at the time. And I walked into a, an, a patent attorney's office and we had had a presentation on my product. And when I was done, I was out in the lobby with the receptionist. And I said, now, could you explain to me one more time, what was the process of the patent? And so she went over it. And so I turned and I looked at her and I said, well, why couldn't we just take the, do a provisional and then market directly to manufacturers and see if they had an interest first and then do it that way? And she said, well, I, I never heard of that. Let me run that by the, the uh, attorney. And she ran it by and, and they got back to me within a day or two. And she said, yeah, the attorney's never seen that, but he said it would work. And then about a year later, I ran into one simple idea and I was like, oh my goodness, here is a successful man that has succeeded for decades doing this very thing. And it was just kind of like the validation of the concept. And so then long story short, I was kind of bouncing in and out of jobs, getting married. I had a lot of different things going on yeah. at the time, you know. And, uh, and so I started my business with InventRight. I, I did the, the whole program. I opened up um, an LLC in, in uh, I think it was September of 2012, but I didn't really do anything with it until the last couple of years. And uh, because, you know, I, I finally got into a more of a stable job setting. And then I've, I've had two products and, and I've just, that's kind of how I got into the, into the whole thing. So. Mm -hmm. so you found the book, One Simple Idea, and then you eventually started the coaching program. Absolutely. I started the coaching pretty, I didn't, uh, pretty uh, close to at the very beginning because I wanted to learn mm -hmm. and I didn't, I didn't really have a product at that time. I just wanted to learn uh, kind of the process and everything. So I jumped right in at that time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes very or can be very scary. Sometimes individuals will ask, do I need an idea or do I need a product to start the program? And the answer is actually no, because we do teach you how to come up with ideas and what different types of techniques that you can use to start generating and formulating product ideas. But what's imp most important is the willingness to learn the actual process because the ideas will come. Some of it, many of it, many of our students will already have ideas, but not necessarily, it doesn't mean you have to. So you already knew that, first of all, this was a viable business model just from the validation of you asking and going into the patent attorney's office and saying, well, can we do it this way instead? And, um, and then actually finding a book that says, yes, you, you can, the one simple idea, and then learning the process. Exactly. And, and I do want to say one thing about InventRight, and that is I had looked at the time, I mean, I had looked at lots of different other companies out there. There were probably a handful of them that, that were helping inventors and doing things. But at the end of my research on almost all of them, I just kind of felt like, I don't want to use the word scam, yeah. uh, but, but I just, I just felt like, you know, that n nothing really felt like it was something that could realistically uh, take me somewhere. And that was, that was a valid process. And then when I found the invent right and the one simple idea, it just felt like, home to me it was like yeah. the people were genuine and real their motives were totally uh there to try and help help me 
And so I was just so grateful that I that I did find InventRight. I just wanted to throw that in there. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And we are grateful for you know, all the inventors and students that we have. So we appreciate you being a student and just your openness to and willingness to really learn and follow the process that we teach you and be open to feedback and direction because licensing isn't easy. It's also not like hard, not definitely not as hard as venturing. And it's kind of somewhere in the middle, but there's so many different layers to it. And just kind of coming in with um, coming in with this openness uh, to learn, you know. And I remember, I remember you had talking about your sell sheet. How like you thought you had a really good sell sheet. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. How you yeah. like you're like, yeah, my sell sheet's good. And then, and then you were working with. Were you working with Paul? Yeah, so it was yeah, you trip. were working with Paul, and it then was he's a like, yeah, like so Craig, yeah. come on, yeah. <laughs> we need yeah. to change your sell sheet. Uh, yeah. I like, talk about talk about that because I to be to be I honest, I mean, I I I'm not a prideful uh, person, and I, I just like you said, I came in to learn and everything, but I I work with people with marketing, yeah, you know, and I I basically I thought, okay, the sell sheet, I've got this down, and you're right when when I ended up uh, working with Paul and he, he requested the sell sheet, my first thought, you know, this is just kind of first thought was like, Oh geez, really? We're going to start with the sell sheet. Mm -hmm. And, and I sent it over and he said, you know, it, it needs some work. <laughs> and I remember just thinking, you have got to be kidding me. I've hired a coach and we're going to start working on sell sheets. And and I'm telling you, you know, you, you've heard the story once, so I won't repeat it, but basically in the end, my sell sheet, he took from a decent sell sheet yeah. to an absolutely amazing uh, marketing tool yeah. that took the person and put them right there in the environment with my product. And, and I, I just was humbled <clears throat> and very grateful uh, for Paul because yeah, it was, it was, just an amazing transformation. That's awesome. That's incredible. I, I loved that because you, you can have a very strong um, sell sheet like or thinking that you, you do just based on like background experience, you know, people can be a graduate in marketing or worked with individuals who have created sell sheets for them, but it's a little bit different when you're trying to license a, a product out, how kind of we want them to look and how we want them to cro come across to potential licensees. So yeah, Absolutely. yeah, Absolutely. we don't, uh, we don't sugarcoat that part. <laughs> we'll tell you, uh, we'll tell you, even though, even though it might not be the first thing that you want to hear is, well, okay, it, the sell sheet's good, but it definitely needs some work. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for allowing Paul to, uh, <laughs> to kind of, you know, help you through that, that yeah. part. So, absolutely. all right. So you got the new cell sheet and then what's next. And this was well, for an outdoor recreational game. So you yes. have the cell sheet and you have a prototype of it. Well, kind of just to go back and give a little bit of groundwork. Um, I, I started my first product a couple of years ago and I went to the 2019 New York city type 
uh, Toy Fair with that, and it was a card game. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that as much as I liked the product, about a decade back, there had been two other products that were kind of similar enough that people weren't wanting to take a chance on that. And so I developed, uh, you know, I'd been started working on this active outdoor play product that I really, really liked. And my wife said to me, she's Denise, she's my, um, the co-inventor. Mm -hmm. And she, she said to me, she said, Craig, you know, when you go back on this one, don't forget to go talk to people about the new one, the, the second product, the out, outdoor active play game. And so I did, I talked to, to, to people and, and my goodness, what I, if anyone ever wants a testimonial of a, of a trade show, all they have to do is talk to me because, you know, I, after I had tried pitching the first product, I went around and I, I came back with this pile of cards. I think I had 30 or 40 cards um, for people that were in the active outdoor play area. And I mean, I had vice presidents, presidents, all of this. And so I was very confident that I had the contacts. They had all said, yeah, sure, we'll take a look once you mm -hmm. get it done. And so I wasn't really planning to go back to the fair. My wife talked to me and said, hey, Craig, you really should do that because it's important to see the passion behind the product. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. So I went back just a, you know, a few months ago in February, uh, I went back and, you know, it, uh, it was one of those things where <clears throat> this time around, it was a little bit different because I was getting, you know, I think I, I believe I talked to nine or 10 companies was there and all of them, but one just really, really liked it. And I knew from my first product that that did not guarantee success because even though if I had nine out of 10 people saying, wow, this is really cool, um, they, you know, how with business and everything, it has mm -hmm. to be the right product at the right time. It has yeah. to fit into the category that they're, they're focused on and so on. Anyway, long story short was I wasn't going to go back because I had the company that I ended up licensing with. I had talked to the president of the company and I had also talked with one of their product development specialists, uh, the, the year before at the fair. And so I thought I was just fine. Well, turns out <laughs> the key player with this company was not at the fair the year before, was at the fair this year. <clears throat> and oh my goodness, she, uh, she saw the, the video. And the next thing I know, she's pulling me over in the, in their area saying, Hey, let me show you this, uh, <clears throat> this, uh, you know, part of our company that we, we have some similar type things. And she's like, would, would that, would your product work like this? Could we change it? Could we do this? Could we use this? Could we use that? She started to, uh, to envision, the product possibly mm -hmm. in, in <clears throat> as one of you know something they could add and and then it just went from there and uh and i got back but w when i got back i had two companies that were very interested both of them uh said hey by friday we're gonna you know we're gonna go back to our designers we're gonna do this we're gonna come back to you and i, and I was so excited and then covid hit yeah just yes and uh was yeah, this because the fair gonna... was in was it in February? It was in February. Yeah, this I was a month. Nineteenth and flew back the twenty third or twenty fourth. This the... was almost a month <clears throat> after, right before the all the COVID stuff started to hit, right. and then they started because they had shut down the Chicago, um, the trade show for housewares, and so mm -hmm. your the trade show for the toy fair may have been one of the last trade shows. We, at, we just snuck in there. When yeah. I flew back on February 24th, New York had zero cases. Yeah. New York's first case was March 1st, and then it just exploded. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. You, so, you got out safely and without getting like personally getting hit, um, yeah. just in time. Cause I'm sure that that trade show was big. Yes. Pretty big. It so. was. And, and I remember getting back and, uh, I thought, well, okay, I know these people at the trade show are very busy. Their, their objectives there are not to talk to product developers. Their number one thing is to talk to buyers because they're selling their product and so on. So I always give them a week or two mm -hmm. after the show, week, week and a half before I follow up. Well, that was a time where all of a sudden things just started, started exploding. And, and then a couple of weeks afterwards was the Friday where they, the two companies said, we'll definitely get back to you. I didn't hear from either. Yeah. What was and, going on in your head when you didn't hear from them? Like what was, what were your feelings and thoughts at that point? Very disappointed, but at the same time, that was a Friday and that, that week, the whole week, many, uh, several days of that week, it was like I became a hoarder and was hoarding toilet paper uh -huh. and things, you know, running to the store, doing everything because it was crazy. And I knew if it was crazy here, it was crazy there. And, and so I just, you know, I, I just moved forward, but I thought this is the time to re-up with a coach. So I got, got a hold of Paul mm -hmm. and I remember, you know, I, I had got a hold of him a week or two before that, I believe, right, you know, right when I got back because I had the interested parties and, and I, I'll never forget, you know, that uh, there was, I think it was um, a couple of weeks after that Friday, um, I had, you know, I had total faith for some reason. I just felt like this product is going to work. I just believed in it so much. I had done my, my research on it. I'd done, uh, every crossed, you know, every T dotted, every I, and, and then the response I had, I, I just felt like it was going to work, but I will tell you, it was a dark, tough time when I didn't hear back. And then a week or two passed. And, uh, and I remember having a, a coaching session with, with Paul and Paul made a comment in the coaching session that really helped, you know, buoy me back up. And he said, Craig, I've looked at lots of products. And he says, but this is one I would buy. He says, I really like this product. Mm -hmm. And, and I think I just needed to hear that again or something from, I just, you know, that really helped to, to lift me back up. And then Paul made a comment. He said, if the product is good, the COVID won't matter. Oh, I love that. I, told, I, I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> And it just, you know, it just hit me. And so I think between the fact, the three things, one, I maintained faith through the whole process, even though there were some really dark times because I'd done my homework. I followed the 10 steps. Uh, I believed in my product. And then two, to have, to have Paul basically tell me that he believed in my product. He didn't have to say that, but, and he just said it in casually, you know, uh, type of a thing, but he'll never know how much that meant to help me at the time. Um, total, total believer in coaching. And then the third thing, of course, is when he said that if your product is great, the COVID won't matter. And I thought, you know what? I mean, that just really helped buoy me up. So we, we redid the sell sheet and uh, because I'd already sent the, the product out, people had already seen the video. He had a great idea. He says, let's go ahead and put the, the video tab right Ooh. on the sell sheet. Yeah. And so we did that. And so I'm not kidding you, uh, Sylvie, when I, when I got done with that sell sheet, 
I mean, I, I didn't really think to be much about it as I did it, but then when I sent it out to them, I remember after I sent it out to all the companies again, I pulled up the, um, you know, opened up the email and I just checked to make sure it had gone through. And when I opened it up and I saw that sell sheet, I, I just, I can't tell you what it did to me. Looking at that sell sheet, I recognized this is a, a mile, a ton better, you know, than I, than the previous one. Mm -hmm. This is just so much better. And then 48 hours later, within 48 hours, one of those two companies uh, reached back to me and they had been working on it behind the, you know, the, the, I, the scenes and everything. But I think that sell sheet helped to, to really, you know, kind of give them that motivation to continue. And they reached back to me and they said, Craig, um, we're so excited about this product. And they said, please, please see the attachment. We have a picture of what we're kind of envisioning the prototype to look like. And, and when I, I'll tell you what, it gave me chills when I, when I saw that prototype for the first time, what their vision was, they had made some changes based on the things we had talked about, but it was, it was beautiful. It was breathtaking. I looked at that and I thought that, you know, this, this lady has totally caught the spirit of what I'm trying to do. And it's just been a great relationship. You know, I just so excited. So I immediately emailed her back and just said, I'm not sure if you've licensed uh, products before with individuals, but if you would send a contract over, uh, I'd love to get started looking at that and seeing if we can't, you know, figure out a way to work together. And mm -hmm that one step led to another and we licensed on April 30th. So. Oh my gosh, that is so amazing. And even with the turn of events with COVID, not hearing from them, but then, you know, getting back with Paul, hearing the validation uh, from him and also just the, it's such a great point. If the product is great, the COVID won't matter. It, that's not gonna, it can't stop great products coming to market and great companies moving forward to get them to market. You know, they'll exactly. figure out, they'll figure it out, they'll figure out a way. And, um, and it was, a having, it was a learning experience oh, for yeah. me. I mean, I hadn't really thought about it like that, but you know, what he said is just so true. And that's, you know, I was so grateful. I just felt like we do have a great product and, and, uh, so why shouldn't we expect the best? Yeah, absolutely. Good and following happen. up with a company, kind of, it, that is so important. We're just giving them that follow-up, resending, getting back in touch with them, reminding them. And they were already, you know, in their mind, they were, they were already excited about it. You know, they were, I mean, so it's so, it's so amazing kind of the timeline and the turn of events that happens even when things are not within your control such yep. as covid happening this is a time where the this is not within anyone's control um and this is not within your control and you can only do what you have within your power to control which is you reaching back out following up with the companies resending your sell sheet you know getting up tell you know telling them you're interested in moving forward 
um, and, uh, and continuing to move forward and not letting kind of the state of what's going on in the world, keep, you know, stop you or prevent you or keep you down, but then also using Paul as a source of support and a source of continuing to move forward as well so that yeah. you're not kind of sitting there in your own mind thinking, you know, being disappointed or thinking it's not going to happen or not following up, kind of not pushing forward to be like, okay, I, I know I need to reach back out to them. So, um, so it's so incredible. Do they have a plan of when they want to start getting the product out? Yeah, I just got an email uh, an hour ago and she said the first prototype should be ready um, end of August. And oh she said they'll, they'll be you know, starting to take pictures and uh, for marketing and, and doing things like that. And um, yeah, she's, she had me actually send uh, the original prototype mm -hmm. that I had done. I only had one and boy, that was kind of hard. Every inventor has to part with their baby kind oh, of. Oh yeah, point there you, yes. <laughs> You're it packaging it up, putting yep. the bubble tape around exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. And I sent <sighs> that off and she said, she mentioned in the email that that was very helpful. She's yeah. a smart, she's really smart. And, and I think, you know, basically that helped her with her design team to be able to work some things out. I, I think one thing too, I'd like to mention is just, especially with COVID going on, if there's anything that makes it harder the two, you know, get out there. If you're out doing things, like the trade shows and those kind of things, good things will tend to happen. And, and then also be open to feedback. Yes. Because like I said, you could have 10 companies, 15 companies, they could all like your product, but there might only be one or two that are, you know, in the position to do something and they might actually want to make changes to your product and do a few things that are a little bit different. And if you're so sold on, look, I created this, it needs to be worked like this. Steven was really big on feedback and saying, be willing to take that. And there's a story, I won't go into that at the, at the fair, the trade show, but uh, basically I, I, I had somebody basically tell me a little bit about being willing to be flexible. And I think that really helped the product because um, I started to listen to what some people were saying about my product and realized if I redesigned it, the mm -hmm. price point could be cut in half or even by two thirds. Yeah. And so that made a huge difference, but yeah, I just, just very, uh, very excited about that. And, and uh, then on to more products and um, you know, I'm just, I really am wanting to, to be able to be a professional product developer in the sense that I can quit my day job eventually and, and just do this full time. And that will take a while, but mm -hmm. I've got the drive and my wife is amazing. She's given me such good advice and, and uh, she's been a great partner in helping me to, to improve, you know, the, the designs and the different things and invent right. I mean, why, why reinvent the wheel? They've done it. <laughs> yeah. You can learn so much to save you so much time from, from going to school and, you know, and, and using the resources that you have. Yeah, absolutely. So if there were three things or three keys to the process or three key things that you would like to recommend or suggest to other inventors, product developers, students of ours, individuals that are thinking about becoming students or just using 
all of you know our materials and learning or people that are just finding us and also starting from a thought or a concept in their head what would be three suggestions or recommendations that you would have for them well i i um just speaking from my experience i think anybody can invent anybody can you know can come up with improvements and and good ideas and things like that uh, but i would say number one don't don't try and reinvent the wheel uh, learn take you know learn from invent right take the classes learn the course learn the process and the process is, is probably going to work out a little bit different for everybody in terms of the way they follow the steps and how many products they might be working on at one time or you know because some have day jobs some don't yeah. this kind of thing but don't try and reinvent the wheel <clears throat> learn learn everything you can to give yourself the chance to not have those issues especially when it comes to the point of uh, contract negotiating you know I, I mean i thought i'd do a pretty good job but when i saw what paul did and how he helped i was just like wow i am so grateful for that the second thing is just get out there put yourself out there don't don't hold back get make the phone calls and, and it becomes really fun because after a while you you build relationships with some of these people they've talked to you before and you know if they didn't like your first product that's okay uh, you know, if I make a phone call and they tell me, no, I'm still breathing. It's not, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, you, you kind of, it's a learned process. And as you learn to do that, you know, just, just put yourself out there and, and put the product out there. So in step one, you learned how to do it. You learned the steps, 10 steps, like I said, not reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. So you've got that education. Then step two, just get out there, open your mouth and start, you know, making it happen, talking to people about your product. And, and do, you know, do the, the, the research. That's all part of that first step. But if you've done your research and then you're getting out there, good things will just tend to happen, even though they may take time. Yeah. And, and the number three would just be, you've got to be flexible. You, you, as much as you love your idea, if you're willing to adapt, especially like on the fly when you're talking to people, because timing, you might only have a very thin narrow window of when a company is interested and wants to do something but they might want to do it slightly different mm -hmm. then take advantage of that listen listen and listen to what people say when you talk to businesses and mm -hmm. you know i hear invent right a lot talk they talk about if they reject your product then ask them why so you can change for the next time i would say what i've learned is back that up a step and don't wait for the product to be rejected when you walk into those uh, communications and those those interactions with people where you're going to have discussions about your product whether it's on the phone or on email or at a trade show yeah go in there with that open attitude of you're actually going to learn less yeah. is more the less you say the better get to the point of what it is and then listen for feedback yeah. and as they give feedback be willing to make changes and i think if you if you do that you've got a pretty good formula for success that those are that's amazing and i think those are great points that everyone needs to take into consideration and definitely uh, learn from great golden nuggets for our listeners well craig i wanted to i want to thank you again for sharing your story uh, being an InventRight student, 
Um, I'm not paying Craig. We're not paying Craig to do this podcast, by the way, just FYI. Um, so, <laughs> so um, but we, I, we appreciate and I just love talking to our students and inventors about their stories and, think, you know, everything that you've gone through, the ups and the downs and things that you couldn't control and things you could control and just kind of how you continue to persevere and maintain that drive and persistence to you know, be successful at licensing your product. So I want to thank you for sharing your story. Please let us know when the product is out on the market so we can even share that with our community and um, get people to get out there and purchase it. From what I understand, it's, it's a, a pretty amazing. So, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and I definitely look forward to playing the, playing the game as well. So <laughs> Um, please keep us in the loop. And uh, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Sylvia. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Key to Licensing One Simple Idea, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. You can also check out our YouTube shows, VentRight TV with Stephen Key and Andrew Kraus. Join me next week for another interview. Thank you for listening and keep inventing. <laughs>